Praise God. Well, today we've got a message which is a message within a message, so to speak. Let's just turn to Matthew 5, 13 to 16. Quickly, we know this well. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. Okay, Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before men. Another two scriptures I'd like to read, Colossians 1, 9 to 14. This isn't the traditional salt of the earth message, by the way. For this reason, we also, since the day heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. This is the important phrase for us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Right? He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Another very similar scripture is 1 Peter, another one that we know quite well. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can you see that? He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Heavenly Father, we pray, help us with the word today. As has already been prayed, may the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. May no force of darkness bring any blindness over our minds and our hearts that we might receive the truths of God and that they might produce in us. May we be fertile soil to receive the seed of your word that we might produce fruit, Lord, a hundredfold in every case, in the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen. Now, as I said, this is like a message in a message. Part of the message is hearing from God, how to hear his voice. And when I teach on hearing God's voice, obviously what we want is revelation. Does everybody know what revelation is? Revelation is information that comes from outside. It is revealed to us. That's what we need. We need revelation. You know, I can walk around and, in a sense, walk around in a cloud, in darkness, but we need light. We need revelation, spiritual light, and that's what it is. The Word is full of power, and there's so much resource here in the Word. But before that Word can actually produce that power in our lives, we have got to have supernatural revelation. Has everybody got that? You and my intellect is not enough. In fact, in many occasions, our intellect can keep us back. We start to rationalize the Bible, and that's probably the worst thing. doesn't mean you take your brain and throw it away. No, because you're a Christian doesn't mean you have to be doff. 
I got my degree at Calvary. No, we're supposed to train our minds in a certain way. But please, the mind is limited. So we need revelation, supernatural revelation. Now, hearing from God's voice, I've discovered something. Very often, God speaks to us in what I will call revelation by association. Revelation by association. What I mean by that is he takes something that we know or something that we see, something that we understand, and he uses that to give us revelation. For example, we took the bread and the wine. Do you understand? Is that the blood of the Lord? No, it's not. It's a picture. But in taking that, we can actually receive unto ourselves, if we get a revelation, the blood's cleansing power. There have been people who have taken communion and been healed physically. Did you know that? Is that because the special wine they drank was magic? Red wine from the cave. It works every time. <laughs> I tried that when I was a student. I worked very hard. It didn't quite work for me. But you understand, it's not the wine. It's revelation. But you see that it's an object lesson. Revelation by association. Very often God will show you something and God speaks to you through that, like a bird or something. Now, you see, the Lord used this when he taught. He taught with parables. Because remember, he talked in language that the people of the day understood. They understood sheep. I don't know how well they understood sheep. I don't think anybody can understand a sheep. No, pastor is totally clueless. Trust me, I've tried this out for many years. No hope whatsoever. But anyway, but the point is this. In the agricultural society, they understood sowing and reaping. They understood seed, you see. He took what they knew, took what they knew, and he built the teaching, the revelation onto that. Does everybody see that? You get direct revelation as well when God gives you a dream and there's no interference, anything like that. But this morning, I just want to bring that to your attention. Now, when you and I have something that we see and it sparks revelation in our minds, the most important thing to do is not to say, oh, I saw a cat walk past the road. That means I mustn't go to work today. <laughs> that would be very convenient. If it was me, I'd be looking out for cats. Come on, you silly kittens. Run. <laughs> but you see, that's superstition. We're not talking about superstition. Does everybody grasp that? So the moment God speaks to you, say through a bird or something like that, and it's quite possible, what's important? Get the scripture that actually verifies it. Does everybody see that? You must get the Bible reference that verifies it. Otherwise, you could end up looking for the sun to rise in a different way so that you can do what you want to do as an excuse sort of thing. People do that, trust me. Come and say to me, oh, you know, the Lord spoke to me through this and he told me to do that and I'm listening to all this garbage and I think, really? Hmm? Where's the Bible? Where's the scripture? You see, until there's scriptural reference, don't believe it. Does everybody get it? But it doesn't mean that God can't speak to us through his creation. And this is a case in point. You might see there a strange picture, but that over there is a salt and pepper grinder. Okay, one of those things you... Right? Now, this doesn't always happen, but one morning I was sitting there, I was doing my journaling, I was reading, and there was this very salt cellar was on the table. On the table, okay? So I'm looking at it, and as you can see there, some light caught one of the salt crystals. Can you see that? And I saw the salt crystal stand out. In my journal I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me anything or am I just seeing this? Now what am I saying? That salt cellar sits on this table quite often and I don't look at it for a salt crystal to stand out. It just happened to be on this occasion. All right? Now God began to talk to me and he gave me revelation 
But that's revelation by association. Does everybody see the picture? And I started to think about this salt crystal. You see, this salt crystal. And it began to occur to me that that salt crystal wasn't made like that, was it? No. At some stage, maybe it was part of the sea, or maybe it was a salt ore deposit, or something like that. It was just a natural part of the earth. Amen? It was just a natural part of the earth. Somewhere in the world, that salt was probably in a big rock with a whole lot of other salt, etc. Okay? But now that salt had come all the way and ended up on my table. All right? Can you see that? And that salt's journey, which we'll talk about later, is not finished yet. Amen. And then God began to speak to me. And he was saying to me, humanity is like that. All right? The title of this message is Unearthing Treasure. Unearthing Treasure. Now, you see, in the world, there's a lot of minerals, there's a lot of stuff out there. My father was a mining engineer. He used to take me to the plant. It smelled terrible, all these chemicals that were going through to try and dilute this copper ore. They were mining copper and lead and zinc. But they go through a lot of trouble to dig that stuff up and to produce the final product. But what God was saying to me is, look at the world, and you see, the analogy was, there's so many minerals out there, but they have to first, what? Be mined. Amen? Until they mined, they're of no use. They just sit there. Is that right? There's gold sitting out there somewhere, diamonds, whatever, somewhere out there that nobody knows about. They may just as well be rock. Can you see that? Now you see, what was the analogy? Well, humanity is like that. People, the mass of humanity is walking on the earth. Can you see? And in all of that humanity, there's tremendous treasure. Amen? Every single person is a treasure. Right? However, if that treasure is not, in inverted commas, mind, what will happen? Just pass by. Just pass by. Can you see that? Unnoticed. Unused. Unfulfilled. Can you see? What's got to happen? Well, you see, this is the process. The treasure has got to be perceived. Identified, let's call it that. Amen? It's got to be identified and it's got to be mined. It's got to be extracted. It's got to be taken out from where it is and subjected to a process. Amen? Let's assume that that piece of salt, it might have come from the sea, I don't know, but just let's imagine it was in a whole deposit of salt in a quarry, whatever. And that salt was mined, dug out, and probably came out in a massive chunk. Amen? And then the process began. All right? That process of taking that rock and extracting the salt and grinding it up and maybe cleaning it up and then packaging it. Can you see that? Now, what did I say about revelation by association? Where's the scripture? Now, it might be hard to believe this, but that very day, I think it was, yes, or the next day, my scripture reading was that Colossians passage where it speaks about us being translated taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. Can you see that? 
Can you all see the process? I mean, I'm a classic example. I was just an amorphous part of humanity. Going nowhere. Fast. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I wasn't going nowhere fast. I was going down pretty quick too. I hate to think what I'd have been today if I hadn't met the Lord. I hate to think. Maximum 10. Right. But let's not go there. That's not too pleasant to think about. But praise God, I was translated, you see. Now, the word translated, it's an interesting word. Now, once again, please apologies to any Greek scholar who might hear me speak this. You'll realize I'm totally ignorant. But anyway, the actual Greek is a word called methistano. How's that? Sounds good, doesn't it? Methistano. Just toss it off, Graham. Methistano. Greek scholar of note. Methistano. But it's made up of two words. Very often these Greek words are found. The one is meta. Okay, now meta is together with, is a preposition. Right? Together with. Meta, together with. The other word is the word histomai, to stand. The root of it is to stand. To stand. In a sense, to stand out. Can you see that? To stand out. Now, you put the two together and the idea is that something that's been identified and singled out. Can you see that? And made to stand with something else. And what's happened to us is that, you see, we've been made to stand together with the light. Can you all see that? We've been in this amorphous darkness, as it were, all our lives until we get saved. And then what happens? We get taken out. And it's like being taken out of the darkness of obscurity into the light of significant relevance. Do you see that? Taken out of the darkness of obscurity into the light of significant relevance. And that is the duty of the church. Amen? That is our function. That's what we've got to do. We have got to identify people that are in this amorphous world of darkness and to help the process of translating into the kingdom of light. Can you see that? Just like that salt crystal was taken out of an amorphous lot of rock, broken up and cleaned up and whatever, and put into a presentable form. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Can you see? God saw me. He realized, well, in everybody, that there was something I had to do. Amen? And the day I got saved, I was translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I was mined, so to speak, but the process had just started. Amen? It had just started. That was the beginning of the process. Amen? We're all the same. I remember once, quite funny, because I had a vision of an industrial machine. Not that I know much about industry either, but it was a production machine. It was actually like a sausage machine, I think. There was a big funnel there, and then the stuff would go through <laughs> all them pipes. <laughs> I was going through quite a tricky time, nothing unusual, but the vision was that, and I said, well, what's this about? And I could see this product going through this process, and the Lord said, that's you. (laughs) You're being processed. (laughs) And then he said something else. The process is still continuing. (laughs) It wasn't like he pointed to the finished product. He pointed to something in the middle of the process. He never said anything else since. But you understand, that is how it works. We all know that. But it's interesting to note that, you see, that piece of salt crystal is somewhere out there. Amen? That diamond is somewhere out there. 
That ruby is somewhere out there. But there's a process, you see. And the process is one of identifying. I know in the mining industry, they spend a fortune on what they call exploration. My dad said when they discovered that massive deposit of copper in what's known as the copper belt in Zambia and Zaire, they discovered that massive ore of copper. What they did is, over a whole area, they drilled holes at certain intervals, like exploration, to find out where this thing ran. You understand? And all the copper mines developed when they discovered that. They did that exploration. The copper had been sitting there since time immemorial, from the beginning of creation. You understand? Somebody discovered some of it. What was the process? Identifying where it was, extracting it. And even today, you drive on the N1 and there's massive trucks coming down from Zambia. I don't know if you've been behind them, filled with these copper bars still to this day. It's a massive industry up there. But you see, this is the process, and we've got to realize in the humanity around us, my soul, there's treasure. There's treasure. And our job as the children of God is to help God in the process of what? Translating that so that that treasure which is in darkness can stand with the treasure in light. Everybody with me so far? Can you see what the wonderful message God was giving me just through a simple illustration there? But now, the point I want to make is this, that for that little piece of salt crystal there, is that the end of the road? Have you and I been identified so that we can be set upon a hill? Was God's plan that Graham would be a pastor with a view to one day he would stand in a three-piece suit? Now, this is the point I'm trying to make. Is that the finished product? Is that the finished product? You and I are being identified and, wow, look at this. Well, you see, that's not the truth because I began to think a little bit further on that grain of salt. What's going to become of this little bit of salt later on when it runs out and it gets to the bottom? What's Graham going to do? <laughs> Amen? It has to be ground. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've been set apart for a purpose, all right? And that purpose is not just to sit and look pretty. Until that salt is ground, it won't be doing anything. And then, can I just say something else? There's another part to this whole process. After being ground, what's got to happen to it? It has to be poured out. It has to be poured out. From being that rock somewhere in some place to becoming useful. And remember, what is the scripture? You are the salt of the earth. That salt has got to preserve, got to do so many things. Salt was like currency in that day and age. You know that expression that, are you worth your salt? You used to pay soldiers with salt. You're worth your pay, your salt. So the word salary comes from Really? Okay. Wow. So we'll pay you with salt in future. <laughs> now they'll take up an offering in your hand in your salt <laughs> cubes. But can you see the process? You see, brothers and sisters sitting here and looking pretty is fine, but what's got to happen? The refining process. If you had to ask that little piece of salt there, are you looking forward to being ground? Did the salt speak? I don't think so, but probably squeak. No, no. <laughs> oh, Christians, 
Are you looking forward to being ground? No, no, no. I'm going back to the earth. I'd rather stay in a big rock. I'm safe there. But you see, that's the only way we're going to be of any use to God. We have to be ground and then what? Poured out. What does it mean to be poured out? To be used. Not abused, used. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, all I need to say further is that if you really want to be of any use, understand God's chosen us for a purpose. In that purpose, we might have to be ground. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. But we have to go through it. Why? Because only when we ground will we be able to be poured out. You can't take a big chunk of salt and put it on your plate. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've said all I need to say, short and sweet. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your wonderful word to us every day, Lord. Thank you for the great privilege that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people called out of darkness and into your wonderful light unto our God that we might declare the praises of him who has sent us. I pray, Lord, that may all of us, Holy Spirit, allow you as chosen vessels to grind us, Lord. Get rid of all these attitudes we might have that don't comply with the kingdom of heaven, all our selfishness, Lord, all our pride, all our ugliness. Oh, Lord, may we allow you, Holy Spirit, just to grind that out of us so that, Lord, you can pour us out. May we be available to be poured out for your kingdom, poured out wherever you want us to be, Lord, so that you can achieve the purpose for which we were sent to this earth. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Amen.